Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. How many people are excited to be in church on a Sunday morning? Man, it is so good. You can be seated. Thank you so much. What an incredible honor to be back with our Oceans Church family. And it absolutely feels like family. We have so many lifelong friends here at this church. And of course, you're being led by who I believe are once-in-a-generation leaders. Can we just honor Pastor Mark and Rochelle Francie? Thank you, Pastor Mark. We love you, Rochelle. What an incredible leader and what incredible gift God sent to Southern California in Mark and Rochelle Francie. You know, I believe that Ocean's Church is not what it is today, which what you've experienced in two and a half years is uncommon. It's, it's historic. It's, it's extraordinary. And it's not because it's a gimmick. It's not because it's trending. But how many people are grateful? You're a part of an authentic move of God. This is a revival. And we just celebrate what God is doing in and through this community. How many people believe we haven't even seen nothing yet? During worship, I heard the words, uh, I've heard the words in my spirit, I'm just getting started. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's just getting started. Well, everybody knows the best looking people on the face of the earth are here in Southern California. Turn to the person next to you, say this after me, say, if it wasn't for you, I'd be the best looking person in church this morning. How many people are hungry for God's word this morning? It is birthday weekend in the Russo household. All three of my kids have birthdays this week, and we have a two-year-old, six-year-old, nine-year-old, and make sure you see the two-year-old on their way out. It'll be the highlight of your year. She's our little girl. She's amazing, and my parents are actually in town all the way from Detroit. Give them a welcome. Escaping the rain into the sunshine. Let's open a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that eye has never seen, ear has never heard. It's never even entered the heart of humanity, which you have prepared for us who love you. Spirit of God, we thank you that you didn't come to simply make bad people good. You came to make dead people alive. And I thank you this morning that as your word is proclaimed, you would call to life the eternal purposes of God over each and every person in the building and counter us, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted. It is really extraordinary what we have just walked through this last, this last year. Can I get an amen? I mean, if you think about a global crisis where the whole world, every nation on earth, experienced the same crisis, the same adversity, the same challenge at the same time. Perhaps no other moment in human history has been quite like it. And for a year, we've been wondering what was going to happen next. And we've been asking the question, what are all these different people going to do? If you live in California, what is our governor going to do? If you watch the news, what is the media going to do? As we sat as American citizens, what's a new president going to do? What are our schools going to do? What is this economy going to do? Everybody's been asking the question, what is going to happen next? Regardless of where you stand, everybody can agree. We've weathered some legitimate evil. A virus struck the earth, claimed millions of lives. There was a divisive climate in our election cycle. Tensions were high. Mental health has been adversely affected nationally and globally. Depression has risen. There's, there's been suicides. There's been tension. There's been challenges. And one of the things I'm thankful for, though, this morning 
is although we've walked through this evil, although the enemy struck, Satan never plays chess with God and wins. And as we were turning the corner on a brand new year, I felt the Holy Spirit say, I've got a word that I want you to declare everywhere you go over this year and over this next chapter. And it is a passage in the Bible where God makes five announcements. And this morning, I'm going to communicate this word to you. And I want you to hear these announcements being made, not just over our nation, not just over our state, not just over our city, but over your life personally. Because I believe these are five announcements God is saying are yours as the church. Are you ready for it this morning? Isaiah 43, 19, the first announcement God makes is he says, Behold, I am going to do something new. I got, now, now I want you to hear the authority. I want you to hear the confidence in God's voice. He says, Behold, in other words, let me get your attention. I, God, God says, I am going to do something brand new. By the time we're done this morning, I want those words to resonate in your spirit. I want you to feel them from heaven as a word to your heart. See, one of the trends in the Bible, one of the habits of God is he doesn't just do what's next. He does what's new. In fact, even at the point of our salvation, the Bible says that when we come to Christ, behold, the old is gone and the new has come. Aren't you grateful that at our moment of salvation, God doesn't just improve us? He actually makes us new. He doesn't just upgrades us. He actually gives us a brand new beginning. The Bible says we literally become a new creation. How many people are thank you for, thankful for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that makes us brand new? And as we step into this next chapter, God says, I want the new to begin to emerge. I believe in this season, God says there's new authority being released. There's new promotion being released. There's no new resource being released. There's new ministries being released. There's new businesses being released. There's new ideas being released. There's new insight being released. God says, I am going to do something brand new. Somebody shout new. One more time, shout new. New means eye has never seen, ear has never heard. New means you have never lived it before. One of the words we've been declaring as an organization, as a ministry, is we don't believe the body of Christ has just stepped into a new season. It's springtime in Southern California. We know that the days are going to get longer. We know that, it, that we come into the summer, the temperatures are going to rise a little bit. We know what to expect because we've lived through this season before. But as the church... We've not simply stepped into a new season. We've actually stepped into a new era. And in this new era, God is moving on his people and through his people as never before in human history. We actually carry a conviction as a ministry that we've just stepped into the best decade of ministry history since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the start of the early church. How many people are excited for the new thing this morning? I'll never forget as a college student, as a freshman, God began to give me glimpses of my future. And one of the ways God prepares us for the new thing he's going to do is he'll often begin to give us a picture of our future. I mean, look at what he did with Abraham. One, one dark night, he, he woke and awakened Abraham and he said, Abraham, look at the stars of the sky. Abraham beheld 
the majesty of the universe and all the stars. And, and he said, Abraham, how many stars are there? And Abraham said, God, I, I can't even count them. And he said, that's how many descendants you're going to have. Abraham, those stars, they, they represent your children and your children's children. They'll outnumber the stars. That's a picture of your future, Abraham. And then he took them by the, by the coastline. And, and he said, Abraham, how many grains of sand are there? And Abraham said, said, God, I can't even count them. And God said, Abraham, that's a picture of your future. Your children will outnumber even the grains of sand. And oftentimes when God begins to prepare our hearts for the new thing, he'll begin to give us an image of our future. Because check this out, your life will always move in the direction of the most dominant image in your heart. So as a college student, God began to, to give me a glimpse. Every time I'd, I'd sit in a, in a, I went to a Christian university in a chapel, I, I would get a glimpse of my future. Every time I was in, in class, I, I, while I'd try to pay attention, all of a sudden I was getting a glimpse of my future. In the morning when I woke up and I went to bed, I saw thousands of hands lifted and people calling on Jesus' name to be saved. And, and I thought, somehow my life's got to be a part of that. Somehow this must be what God's calling me to. And every time I, 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 I would spend time in God's presence, that image would come. And so I actually told my, my roommate, I, I said, I've got a laptop. You've got a, a printer. I want to print out these pictures of, of stadiums full of people and put them on my wall. Because I want to get it always before my eyes where God is taking me. I got a revelation that your life will always move in the direction of the most dominant image you set before you. I didn't know that five short years later, at 26 years old, I would sit with the president of the nation in Honduras and say, Mr. President, I know the nation's in crisis, but what if we could speak to the country? What if we could talk to the nation together? And I asked the president for the 18 largest stadiums for free on the same day. And he said, yes. And we filled those 18 stadiums in all capital cities of all 18 states. And the One Nation, One Day vision was born. And it happened four times in four nations over the cross these last nine years. Do you know we filled 63 stadiums, reached 3.6 million people face-to-face -face with the gospel? And it started with an image. I wonder what God's already seeding your spirit with. I wonder what he's already planting in your heart as you spend time in his presence. In fact, as we step into this next chapter, God says, I'm preparing you not just for what's next, but for what's brand new. If you're excited for the new this morning, give God a shout. He says, for I, for I, for I am about to do something brand new. Then the next thing he says is, do you, or excuse me, next thing he says is, for see, I've already begun. See, I've already begun. Now, when it comes to the promises of God, oftentimes we, we kind of lock in and, and prepare to hold out and wait. Sometimes we wait for God's promises to come to pass for a year. Sometimes five years, sometimes even decades. But God says, as it pertains to the new thing I'm doing, you don't have to wait. In fact, he says, it's already begun. Let me tell you something. The fact that it's already begun is everything you need to know that God's going to finish what he started. Because it's God's character. It is his nature that he finishes everything he starts. That's why Paul would write and say, being confident in this, 
that he who began a good work in you, finish it with me, will be faithful to complete it. See, everything God started in your life this last year, this last season, God, everything that you began to see his hands uh, involved in is all the proof. If you look back in this year, you see the way he insulated you through the crisis. Some of you, he already began to reposition. You see the seeds of vision he began to plant in your spirit, the images he began to put in your mind, the new thoughts you began to think, the new vantage point and perspective you began to have. And God says, all those are proof that I'm going to finish what I started in your life. When God began to reassign us as an organization and a ministry to America, see, we had thought for years we were going to always be going to developing nations and always being doing global outreach, but he began to put in our heart that we were being reassigned to America. And in 2019, we began to declare that our One Nation, One Day vision was going to transform for cities across America, and One Nation, One Day would become One Day L.A. And I'll never forget... uh, beginning to sit with pastors across Southern California. Up until March 2020, we had 500 senior pastors in downtown Los Angeles. Hundreds of churches, uh, in a historic way, began to rally, began to unite. And we were preparing for July 2020 to be One Day LA. Well, 10 days after that final launch moment in downtown LA, there was a declaration of national emergency by the president. And all of a sudden, everything we'd been building towards looked like it was falling apart. And some said, maybe we should just do a watered-down, diluted version of what what was supposed to happen this summer. And we said, you you know, we don't want to give L.A. a discount version. And, And then all of a sudden, God began to give us the scripture. And he said, son, see what I've already begun. And if I began it, you better know I'm going to be faithful to complete it. And we continue to pursue it. And in the delay, God made it so much better. It was supposed to be just one initiative, one day LA. But now it's seven strategic initiatives across this year. And it was the desire of Pastor Mark and Rochelle that we actually launch one of the initiatives this morning and relaunch another one. And and you saw the video, but of course, we're transforming local churches into serve centers. We're abolishing $47 million in medical debt. I'm happy to say this morning that we got the last round of funding, and that is now complete. 23,000 families are getting letters in the mail saying your debt has been forgiven. And the third initiative, which is really touching the heart of the greatest challenges facing our cities. You know, we looked at the cities across America all struggling with the same issues with violence, with corruption, with human trafficking, with drug abuse, with addiction, with homelessness. And we said, okay, this is the worst of the fruit in our cities, but what is the root? We don't want to just hit the the external. We want to get to the heart of the matter. And what we found is that one of the great challenges facing America is fatherlessness. See, fatherlessness often leads to broken families, which often leads to neglect and abuse. And out of neglect and abuse, the state needs to step in and there becomes an overburdened foster system. And L.A. County here in Southern California actually has the most overburdened system in America. What we found is kids aging out of the system end up in one of four or five places. Forty percent of them uh, have have a chance of being homeless in just two years. 
56% of the girls aging out of the system will be single parents in just 24 months. What we learned is that of all the incarcerated individuals in America, 80% of them spent time in foster care. We, we discovered that nearly 70% of people in, in human trafficking things that get rescued had spent time in the foster care system. And we said, literally, this is producing the statistical cesspool of the worst challenges facing our nation. And so we sat with the county. We said, how could the church help? They said, if the church would rally, if the church would unite, if the church would step up, this could transform the region. And so we have a dream to bring 5,000 prospective families to the city of Los Angeles to help. We need to get these kids into safe and loving homes. And some of you are here, and you, you might have been thinking for a while, maybe we should get involved in fostering and adopting. We have literally streamlined it. We've made it so easy. Uh, and, and, and really, Ocean Church is being asked by the county to step up and help solve this crisis. Well, L.A. County was so uh, moved by it, it actually spread. Now San Bernardino and Riverside County and Orange County all are participating in this moment. It's, it's really quite powerful. There's hundreds of kids ready to be adopted today. They've made the vulnerable choice of making themselves available, risking rejection again. Adoption is free if you adopt out of the foster system and you actually get paid. So it's not a tens of thousands of dollars in a, in a long process, but you could actually step in heroically. You might not be at a stage in life where you could foster or adopt or feel called to that specifically, but you could provide wraparound support. You could help. So if you want to be involved in any way to help LA's most vulnerable children, you can step up this morning. How many people think it's going to be powerful? Of course, our fourth initiative is... Uh, is our prison initiative. We're putting a hope community in all 35 state prisons because convicts in LA get sent across the state. There is currently a live stream service now in all 30, this is already done, in all 35 state prisons this morning. Sixth initiative, we're going to, or fifth initiative, we're going to transition thousands of homeless individuals into rehabilitation programs. Our sixth initiative is launching tomorrow, our men's moment happening Saturday, June the 12th. I didn't tell the early service who our keynote speaker was. Should I wait till tomorrow to announce it or let you in on this? We do have Bishop T.D. Jakes that's going to be anchoring our event in downtown L.A., which will be powerful. Sorry, ladies, this is a men's only moment. Because if we want to get America back, we have to get our families back. And if we're going to get our families back, we have to get our fathers back. We're calling forth a generation of husbands and fathers committed to their families. Amen. Amen. Don't tell our social media team I blew the surprise tomorrow. Unfortunately, many of them go to this church. Our final initiative, is, of course, is One Day LA, mobilizing 20,000 team members to serve. We would love you to be on the team the third week of July. A million hours of service, 20,000 team members uniting to provide LA the greatest display of love it has ever experienced. He says, see, I've already begun. 
God said, look at what I already did. It's the proof you need. It's the only proof you need. I'm going to finish everything that I started. But the third announcement God makes, he says, first he says, I'm about to do something new. Then he says, see, I've already begun. Then the third announcement, he says, do you not see it? Do you know the most frequent saying of Jesus in the Gospels is to him who has ears, let him hear. Apparently, we have to heighten our spiritual senses, heighten our spiritual awareness to really perceive what God is saying and doing. And God says, as it relates to the new thing, I need you to see it. I, I need you to actually lean in and heighten your spiritual sight and be able to see it. Do you ever get a new car and suddenly the next few weeks, here you went thinking you got the unique model and color and year, and on your drive to work, everybody has that same car. I mean, you literally roll up to the mall and it's like, there's my car, there's my car. Same color. You're like, I am a social media influencer. You know what really, it was actually what psychologists call the frequency illusion or the beta remainer phenomenon. What happened was your subconscious, you just transacted, you just purchased the car. Your subconscious made it on high alert to your brain. Our brains process millions of bits of information per second. Psychologists say 11 million bits of information per, per second. So our brains are so judicious in filtering what it sees and doesn't see. And God says, in order to see the new thing, I need deep in your heart there to be this conviction. He is going to do something new. All of a sudden, now your eyes see it everywhere. There's the new thing. There's the new. You see the open door. You see the divine alignment. You see the relationship. You see the breakthrough. You see the provision. You have this ability to see it. He says, do you not see it? Now check out what he announces next. God says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. Several years ago, we brought hundreds of missionaries to the Peruvian Amazon rainforest, to the jungle. And we actually went on this boat all through the Amazon jungle, hundreds of us sleeping on hammocks, and this boat that had no walls, two levels. Our Peruvian pastors on the top level, our American team on the lower level, and we literally wound through the Amazon jungle, village to village. And I'll never forget getting off that boat and just beholding the thickness and the, and the density of the rainforest. And I thought to myself, to get through this landscape, to traverse this would take, I mean, I can't even imagine the challenge to just go a mile or two or three miles. And God says, I'll make a roadway. And I envision stepping off that boat and all of a sudden there's like a four-lane paved highway. See, as it relates to this next season, many of us are, are just bracing to fight again. But God says, as it relates to the new thing, I'm making a roadway in the wilderness. What is the roadway in the wilderness? It's ease where there should have been struggle. It's acceleration where it should have been slow. Here's an inside information. Ocean's Church is experiencing a roadway in the wilderness. Two and a half years, 2,000 strong, a half a million given to missions. How many people know there's a roadway that's been opened up for this church? See, this would have made so much, this would have elicited such 
powerful imagery for Israel because it's a direct allusion to the splitting of the Red Sea. What God was saying to Israel is just like I split that Red Sea, Israel, I'm making a pathway in the wilderness for you. And as I, as I was preparing for this morning, I, I saw celebrating a God who still splits Red Seas. I saw celebrating a God who makes a roadway even in the wilderness place, who makes a pathway even through the density of the jungle. See, it's easy to praise God before he splits the roadway. But I believe there are people here this morning are ready to praise him even before it happens. It's easy to praise him when it's done, but how many people know how to praise him before he even splits the Red Sea? How many people know how to honor him before he does it? How many people know how to celebrate before it breaks open for you? How many people know how to jump and shout and dance and, and lift up his name before he even does it? How many people came to celebrate God who still splits red seas this morning? Who knows how to celebrate a God who's always faithful, who never lets you down and will never let you down? I know oftentimes we think church is about us, but how many people are thankful it's about him? And I just saw us celebrating his goodness and celebrating his faithfulness and celebrating his character and celebrating his beauty and celebrating his wisdom. How many people are thankful this morning for a God who makes roadways even in the wilderness? He's working for you this morning. He's creating a way for you this morning. You're going to draft behind your creator. You're going to draft behind your heavenly father. How many people are thankful he's going before us this morning? He says, I'll make a roadway in the wilderness. In the final announcement he makes, he says, I'll make rivers in the dry place, in the desert. See, we serve a God who when Isaac sows in famine, in the same year, he reaps a hundredfold. We serve a God who is not stopped by a pandemic. We serve a God who is, who is not shocked by crisis in the earth. We serve a God who could do whatever he wants, wherever he wants, whenever he wants, with whoever he wants. And he says, I will make rivers in the desert place. And the apostle Paul's in prison and everybody's panicking. Our, our spiritual father's in jail. Paul would write to the church and say, don't you worry. While I've been confined in this place, the gospel's actually multiplied more. And nothing stops our God. We serve a God who the, the Bible says in Romans, give life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. I wonder what dry place in your life God's declaring fruitfulness. I wonder what dead place God's declaring life over tonight. Even as you're under the tent this morning, even as you're watching in your home, God's declaring life over your children. He's declaring life over your career. He's declaring life over your family. He's declaring life over your finances. He's declaring life over every barren place, over every dead place. He's declaring life this morning. I just want to invite you to stand with me all across the room. You guys held out just... Should have just waited another second.
see, I want you to hear this in your heart this morning. He says, see, I am doing something new. I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway in the wilderness. I will bring rivers in the desert. Lift your hands with me all across this tent. You watching at home, lift your hands. Just for a moment. In these next 60 seconds, the Spirit of God's going to begin to give you a glimpse of your future. He's begun to unveil the new thing. He's beginning to unveil the new thing. He's showing you the brand new thing. Some are still carrying a residue of fear from this last season. And God says, I'm display I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. And God's replacing any residue of fear with an outrageous level of hope. Biblical hope is the joyful expectation of what's to come. Lord, I pray for the most outrageous, joyful expectation to fill every heart, to fill every home. Pray this with me, Ocean's Church. Say, Lord Jesus, I make room in my heart. I, I make room in my mind. Open my eyes for the new thing. I don't want what was. I want what you're bringing new. In the name of Jesus. Just begin to worship him with me this morning. I'm going to see you said signs will follow those who believe in you. And I'm gonna see it. And I'm gonna see it. You said signs will follow those who believe in you. And I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see it. He says, eyes will follow those who believe it. I'm gonna see it. Oh, I'm gonna see it. He said, signs will follow those who believe it. We believe that you still move mountains. We believe that you still break chains. We believe in the
some of you have been standing in a season of fulfilled promises. You've been standing in a season of answered prayer. It's been a season of harvest for you. You've literally been living this scripture. Some of you, it's literally been too good to be true, even in the Christ. What, how God has worked and what he's done has been almost too good to be true. And you're wondering, Lord, is about to stop. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm just getting started. He's just getting started with breakthrough. He's just getting started with miracles. He's just getting started with open doors. I wonder if we can release another wave of faith to heaven this morning and begin to release our hope that he's just getting started. Let's worship. with every eye closed man his presence is here the Holy Spirit is here now, that's weird that sounds weird no it's not the presence of Jesus is so natural I'm most normal in his presence I get my best ideas in his presence I feel the most freedom in his presence Come on, with every eye closed you're in here and as as Pastor Dominic was speaking you you felt that just even burning in your heart that that, that feeling inside of you that said, man, I, this lifestyle you're talking about, that, that trusting in Jesus, that, that, that moving on a word of scripture, that, that just that life lived for Jesus, I'm not currently living. If that's you and you're in this tent with every eye closed, come on, we do this every single Sunday. Or maybe your story is like a similar story to mine. You, you once walked with Jesus, but like me, like, like Peter in the Bible, you denied him and walked away for for whatever reason, whether you're in the tent or even online, I feel like people are in are in both camps. And today you want to make a decision to say, you know what, today, come on, in this, in this new month in, in 2021, I want to make a decision to live right now and for the rest of my life for Jesus. With every eye closed, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to know who I'm praying for. And I want to give you an opportunity to let me introduce you to my best friend. So on the count of three, if that's you, you're in the tent. You're, you're not living for Jesus, but you want to. Come on, one, two, 
three. Put your hand in the air. See, that's me. Come on, with every eye closed. Put your hand in the air. That's me. That's me. That's awesome. Come on, see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Come on, that's awesome. You guys can put your hands down. If you're watching online right now, we have people in our in our chat rooms that want to pray for you. Go ahead and just write heart, H-E-A-R-T, or put the heart emoji, letting us know that you're also giving your life to Jesus. Come on, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you guys know this in the tent, but last week, online, we had 14 people give their lives to Jesus through our live stream. It's incredible. So whoever's watching online, plus the 11 in the tent, and all of Ocean's Church as a, as a family, come on, can we pray together? Go ahead and close your eyes. And I just believe that there, there are people in here, you're making a decision, and it's almost out of, out of desperation. I don't know what else to do, so let me try Jesus. Jesus wanted to let you know that he's never left you, he's never forsaken you, that he's never been not by your side. He knows what you went through when you were a little girl. He knows what you went through when you watched your parents fight and have a bad breakup. He knows the thoughts. He knows you better than anybody else. I feel a holy moment right here with every eye closed. Come on, let's respect everybody in the tent. There was 11 people that raised their hand. But even right now as I was talking, Jesus is telling you, man, I've never left you. You would say to yourself, I'm too, I'm too far, I'm too messed up. Jesus says, no, 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 I've never been closer. You didn't raise your hand, but you were supposed to. Could you do this for me? And no, no one's looking. Come on, we're being respectful. Could you raise your hand right now? One, two, three. That was me. That was me. Come on, with every eye closed, where are you at? Come on, I see, I see one, two, I see three, four more, five more. It's awesome. Close your eyes, Ocean Church. Come on, five more. That's 16 people giving their lives to Jesus. 16 people being reminded today that Jesus is there with you. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's closer than your closest sibling. He's my very best friend in the whole entire world. Come on, Ocean Church, can we pray this prayer together? Come on, say, Dear Jesus. Come on, family, all together. Say, Dear Jesus, today I make a decision to let you into my heart, to let you into my world. Let me be about your business. And let today be a new day for me and my family. Jesus' name we pray. Come on. Everybody said, Amen. 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 Oh, here we are for 16 people. It's incredible. If you're watching online, please let us know. We're, we're so excited for you as well. Let us know in the chat online that you're also making that decision. Oh, sisters, come on. Didn't I promise you it was going to be a good Sunday? Can we thank Pastor Dom for being here with us this morning? You're so good. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.